For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week here in Biden's America. Let's pray we make it to the end. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. And the email address, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note and let me know what's on your mind. All right, guys, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I made a quick trip to Nashville, Tennessee to appear on Governor Mike Huckabee's show for TBN, which is always so much fun. It's completely different than anything else that I do uh, because it's done in a theater. It's the old Conway Twitty Theater. Apparently, Conway Twitty fell out with the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville and wanted to create his own thing as sort of a competitor to the Grand Ole Opry. So he went out to Hendersonville, Tennessee, and bought or built uh, this theater and called it Twitty City. And he did all these shows, and he tried to bring in all these acts, but then the Grand Ole Opry said, well, if you're an act and you're going to go play Twitty City, then you can't play the Grand Ole Opry. And it was this big drama in Nashville. Anyway, Conway Twitty is long past, God bless, and now um, Mike Huckabee's show for TBN has taken over that studio, and it's just amazing. It's a theater They fill it with a live audience. There's a band. There's usually a comedian. It's just a lot, a lot of fun. So I went down to Nashville this weekend. I did the show again, and I posted a couple of pictures of it on Instagram. Again, at Monica Crowley underscore, so you can see a couple of the photos from that show. Really fun, as usual. I hope you guys were able to catch it. Um, All right, so we've got a big week of shows here coming up. We are going to talk with Florida's Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, about the nation's COVID response, the untrustworthiness of our public health officials like Fauci and Walensky, and we'll talk about big pharma and the virus and the shots, safe and effective, not so much. In fact, Dr. Ladapo just made a huge announcement for the people of Florida with regard to the shots. So we're going to talk to him about all of this because our petty little tyrants 
who forced everybody to take these shots, well, now they've been very quiet, right? Where's Fauci? Where's Borla of Pfizer? Where are these people? All of a sudden, they're very quiet because more and more data is coming out about the side effects and consequences of this. So we've got a lot to cover with him, especially since Florida led the nation in freedom during the entirety of the pandemic. That's coming up later this week. Also, David Sokol, who is one of the few openly non-woke true patriots of Wall Street, will be here to tell us what's up with the economy and how we can fix this great country of ours. You won't want to miss that. Okay, today I want to deal with some items related to election integrity. Vitally important since we've got another critical election coming up here shortly. Speaking of which, also today, we're going to talk with Congressman Troy Nels about his brand new book about the truth about the 2020 election and January 6th. You know, on this show, we often say like, Hey, if you don't have election integrity, you have no country. And we also say that you can't, you can't be concerned about 2022, right around the corner now, or 2024 unless and until you fix 2020. Well, Congressman Nels has written an entire book about what actually happened in that last election. He is not afraid to call it like it is. So we're going to get with him here in just a few minutes, plus your emails. But first... With the midterms now just about three weeks away, I want to refocus on election integrity. We know that the Biden administration has taken much of what Mark Zuckerberg did uh, with the swing states in the last go-around in 2020, pouring big money into local election apparatuses to mobilize the vote. Okay, Molly Hemingway did the original book on this. We had her on this show. It was called Rigged. And Zuckerberg went in with about $400 million. This is what these tech oligarchs do. They're so rich, whether it's Bill Gates with the the shots and buying up the farmland and you name it, that they're all working to nefarious ends and they have the money to do it. So Molly Hemingway was here. She wrote this fantastic book about how Zuckerberg took about $400 million of his money, poured it into these uh, local groups, these get-out-the-vote groups. They're all on the left. And he targeted that money to certain swing areas, swing districts, swing states. And it really did make a huge difference in the 2020 election. Well, this time... The federal government is using your tax dollars to do the same thing. It's completely outrageous and corrupt. It's being challenged, but Lord knows if it's going to be stopped in time. Probably not. I mean, the challenges started over the summer to this, but the election is just three weeks away. So your hard-earned money being used to elect Democrat communists They all do it because they can. The laws allowed Zuckerberg to do it. Was it shady and horrible? Absolutely. Was it legal? Yeah. In this case, with the government actually using your tax dollars to elect more members of the regime and keep the the regime going, electing Democrat communists, they're now doing it because they can. Again, there are legal challenges underway, but will they be done in time? No, probably not. So they do it because they can until they can't. Zuckerberg got busted, so he's not doing it this election cycle as far as we know. So the Biden crew took over the project and made it into a public effort, a government effort, which is completely corrupt. So they've got that going at the national level. And I want now to take a look at two key swing states here in this election cycle and really every election cycle. First, Colorado. Last week, and this is, this is a story that ran under the radar, but I want to bring it to you. I've got two states I want to bring to you. Last week, Colorado's Secretary of State said that their office mistakenly And if you could see me, I'm doing air quotes, mistakenly sent postcards to about 30,000 non-citizens. 
encouraging them to register to vote, blaming the error, air quotes, on a database glitch related to the state's list of residents with driver's licenses. The Office of Democratic Secretary of State, of course she's a Democrat, Jenna Griswold, insisted none of the non-citizens will be allowed to register to vote if they try. Sure, okay. The AP reported it this way. The news comes at a time of widespread skepticism, often unfounded, (laughs) it's totally founded, of voting integrity following the 2020 presidential election. And as Griswold, who has touted her role as a national advocate for secure elections, seeks re-election in the November midterms. Colorado's Republican Party chair, Christy Burton-Brown, condemned Griswold for the error, air quotes, saying in a Monday statement that, quote, Jenna Griswold continues to make easily avoidable errors just before ballots go out by mail on October 17th. Griswold's office sent in a statement that the postcards were mailed September 27th. The error, air quotes, happened after department employees compared a list of names of 102,000 people provided by the Electronic Registration Information Center, a bipartisan, yeah, I'm sure it's bipartisan, multi-state organization devoted to voter registration to a database of Colorado residents issued driver's licenses. So, you know, in Colorado, non-citizens have driver's licenses. Okay, so that, that's number one. It goes on. That Department of Revenue driver's license list includes residents issued special licenses for people who are not U.S. citizens. My point. But it didn't include formatting information that normally would have allowed the Department of State in Colorado to eliminate those names before the mailers went out, her office said. The incident is under investigation, the office said. Did you guys know that Colorado is among at least 18 states, along with Washington, D.C., that issue driver's licenses to non-U.S. citizens? Again, my point. Colorado also automatically registers eligible voters when they obtain their driver's license from the DMV. So funny how these mistakes all seem to always go in the same direction, right? Everything is always just accidentally in favor of the Democrats. This is completely outrageous. This is, uh, but not surprising. This is one state, Colorado. Again, a lot of swing districts like our friend Lauren Boebert running for re-election in Colorado. There are a lot of key races going on in these states. So Colorado is one of how many? How many? I want to bring you another state here while we're at this, okay? So Michigan. Actually, let's hit a quick break because I want to talk about Michigan here separately, and then I want to talk about polls. All right, so sit tight. We're coming right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double And the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys. And you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me. 
and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, welcome back. We've got some states that have actively tried to clean up their voter rolls and do other things to prevent what happened in 2020 from happening again. And so much of it concerns mail-in balloting, right? Um, Obviously, the left, the Democrat communists, leveraged the entire uh, COVID pandemic to slam into place all of these rules that later in many cases turned out to be unconstitutional according to state constitutions, um, completely illegal in many cases, and they just went ahead and did it unilaterally. And this is why you had this flood of mail-in voting. Oh, we have a contagion. You don't want to go to a polling place. So here is your ballot, whether you asked for it or not. A lot of this is still going on. We've had some states, again, that have worked hard to clean this stuff up, but we've got a lot of other states that haven't. And most of them, as you can imagine, are either blue states or swing states. I just brought to you what happened in Colorado where postcards were sent to 30,000 non-citizens encouraging them to come and vote. And the office of the Secretary of State in Colorado like, oh, well, don't worry about it. If any non-citizen tries to register, we will block them. That's nonsense. We, we all know it's nonsense. I have said for so long, guys, that the Democrat communists have been perfecting voter fraud as an art and a science for decades I've told you about the 1960 election, Nixon versus JFK. They've been at this for a long time. And it went on even before that, probably from the beginning of the Republic. Okay. But now they brought it into the 21st century and they've got really high tech ways of doing this, of getting around it. Okay. And when you have the protection of the press, what do I always say? You can literally get away with anything. So they don't even have to be all that careful. Because they know if they're busted on any of this, guess what? Press will cover for them. Maybe they'll report it, but they bury it on page 824 in the New York Times. Or maybe it gets a blip on MSNBC, but more likely than not, it gets no coverage at all. So, of course, these operatives continue to try to do this. So we talked about Colorado with the non-citizen mess, and now I want to bring you Michigan. The Heritage Foundation just wrote up what is going on there, and it's a mess. Again, it is a deliberate mess. They report it this way. Mike Pashby and his family have lived in their single-family home in Kalamazoo, Michigan, for over seven years And they never met a man named Larry Hodge. But starting in 2020, guess what? It all, all the roads go back to 2020. Starting in 2020, Pashby regularly began getting absentee ballot applications and voting notices addressed to Mr. Hodge in the mail. Despite notifying election officials with the Kalamazoo Township, Kalamazoo County, and the Michigan Secretary of State's office, the notices kept coming. Pashby said, quote, the Lansing and Kalamazoo voter registration records are a mess. The township checked and they put mine in a stack with dozens of other similar cards. It just wasn't me. Michigan has long been a mess with election records. The Public Interest Legal Foundation which is an election integrity watchdog group, sued last year to have the names of 26,000 dead voters removed from the state's voter registration lists. Of the 26,000 voters whose names remained on the list, they found that more than 17,000 had been dead for at least 10 years. And almost 4,000 had been dead for at least two decades. Meanwhile, of course, mail-in and absentee voting historically has been among the biggest ways to commit voter fraud. And we know this, and we certainly saw it in 2020, which is why the Democrats pushed it so hard last time. They used COVID as the excuse. They had the perfect excuse, oh, public health. They leveraged fear, as they did throughout the pandemic. And later in the week, when we talked to Dr. Ladapo, who is Florida Surgeon General, he's got a whole new book out called Transcend Fear, 
about exactly how they weaponized fear to get you into this uh, mail-in voting disaster so that they could leverage that as well. Heritage Foundation story goes on to say that Mr. Pashby said no other mail from Mr. Hodge had come to his home except for at least six applications for absentee ballots. So in other words, no other mail, not even junk mail, not even J. Crew catalogs from Mr. Hodge were coming to the Pashby home. Only voter registration forms, ballot forms, applications for absentee ballots, only those pieces of mail were coming to his house. The applications began arriving after Michigan's Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, announced that all registered voters would receive absentee voter forms. Okay, guys, New Jersey is like this too. My mom is there and she gets a mail-in ballot whether she asks for one or not. She was just telling me the other day that she got a ballot in the mail. She, She was planning to vote in person and she did not request an absentee ballot and she got one in the mail. It's now automatic in New Jersey. Everybody gets one, all registered voters. They just flood the zone. And now apparently it's also happening in Michigan. And I'm sure these are not the only two states. In fact, if it's happening in your state, send me an email to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com because I want to hear where other states, where this is happening, where whether you request a ballot or not, you're still getting one in the mail. After Pashby had received at least six applications for ballots and he had made repeated visits, so he actually took it upon himself to drive down there and say, this is not me, stop it. The township clerk finally told him this year that it would take two years to remedy. Two years! He said, quote, my clerk informed me that it will take two years to verify Mr. Hodge is not eligible to vote from my home address, even though records show he had not lived at the address for 20 plus years. No one from the Pashby household could have requested a ballot for Hodge. But if someone had, according to the top Kalamazoo County election official, a ballot would not have been sent to the address. Meredith Place, Kalamazoo County's clerk and register of deeds, said, quote, there's a process in place. When local clerks get an application that's filled out, they review it. Sure. Sure they do. She went on to say, first they see if that voter is registered at that address. If they are not, they won't do anything with it. Next, they do signature verification. Local clerks are interested only in sending ballots to qualified voters, not sending out ballots willy-nilly, she said. Sure. Sure they are. How much you want to bet all of these people are registered Democrats? She went on to say that she herself has gotten multiple applications for absentee ballots in the mail and just tosses them as she would with other junk mail. She says, quote, clerks aren't sending out those absentee ballot applications to voters that do not live at that address. If voters get the wrong application, they can throw it away, or better yet, recycle. (laughs) Okay, this gets so good. She said, I get mail wanting me to get new windows. I don't need new windows, so I throw it away. Oh, okay, guys. So don't worry about election fraud. Just throw it away. Easy peasy. That's their advice. Instead of fixing the problem, oh, if you get an absentee ballot that's not under your name, just throw it away. How many Democrat operatives are actually doing that? Precisely zero. But get this, the ballot applications sent to Pashby's home were marked clearly as coming from Kalamazoo Township. So obviously, there are all kinds of shenanigans going on, not just in Michigan, but across the country. This is just one example of so many things going on under the radar to rig our elections. This is what we are up against here, guys. All of our institutions have been corrupted all the way down to the Kalamazoo County Register and Recorder of Deeds. They've all been taken over by the left. 
all of these election apparatuses. And of course, it's, it's all working hand in glove with big tech who controls the flow of information so that they can just freely gaslight us. Oh, if you get an absentee ballot, just throw it away. It's not a big deal. And it really doesn't happen. But if it does happen, <laughs> just throw it away. This is what we're up against here as we head into this election in three weeks. You know, with every election cycle, we talk so much about cleaning up our election systems. How can we allow 1960 to happen and have that election stolen for JFK away from Richard Nixon? How could we have X, Y, and Z elections stolen? And then, of course, 2020, the biggest of them all. How could we allow that election to be rigged between the vote trafficking and the Mark Zuckerberg money and all of this other stuff that came into play? All of the stuff that we did here during Election Integrity Week a couple of months ago with every passing election cycle. You know, we always say we got to clean it up. We, if we have no clean elections, if we can't trust them as free and open and fair, we have no country. Exactly right. And yet every election cycle comes and we're faced with situations like this in Colorado and Michigan and God knows where else. Why? Because we bring the pressure to bear and yet the people controlling these systems are Democrat communists who have zero incentive whatsoever to clean this all up. Again, we have seen some cleaning up, like in Pennsylvania and so on, where that state Supreme Court said that the mail-in voting last time around was illegal because they didn't go through the legislature. They just did it by whim. So we've had, we've had glimmers of hope out there. But still, this election fraud stuff has been deeply entrenched for decades, again, at least in, since 1960. And they've really spent a lot of time and resources bringing these shenanigans into the 21st century. This is what we're up against here, guys. And it's going to take a lot to fix this because the tentacles of corruption are everywhere. And it's so deeply entrenched. You know, you take a look at some of these polls, and some of the polls look relatively positive for Republicans. Some have it running even, but I want to make a bigger point about polling here. Why are we still talking about polls? I know everybody wants to take a look at polls to try to get a glimpse of the future and what might happen. That's human nature. I get it. But we're just three weeks away from the midterms, and every single day we're being bombarded with a new article or TV segment about polling. Why do we keep allowing these polls to shape the coverage of these races after they have been so continuously wrong? And not just wrong, but way off. A report last year from the American Association for Public Opinion Research found that public opinion polls ahead of the 2020 election, all roads go back to 2020, right? Were the most inaccurate in a generation the most inaccurate polling in a generation. And why? Well, because they couldn't get a handle on the magnitude of the Trump vote. That's why. That's also why they rigged the election, because they knew that the Trump vote would be off the charts. That's why they stopped the vote counting in the middle of the night, on election night. Just, oh, went home, get, get, a, little, uh, get a little shut-eye, chop some Zs. We'll see you in the morning to resume recount. What? No, absolutely not. But this, this gets to it. This is why the polling was so off because they couldn't capture the magnitude, the tsunami of the Trump vote. Maybe they did, and that's why they were rigging the polls too. The report noted that for senatorial and gubernatorial races combined, polls on average were six percentage points too favorable for Democrat candidates relative to the certified vote margin. Six points off in favor of the Democrat. So if, these, if, if it were six points off related to Senate and gubernatorial races, you can imagine how far they were off with regard to Donald Trump. So why do we still allow these polls to dictate the coverage and create this perception of these races? It's really a form of election interference. It really is. These polls have the effect of depressing Republican turnout and donations and enthusiasm. 
So while some of these polls look good, others don't, others show dead heats, etc. Just forget about these polls. Stop talking about them until they're accurate. We bring on a couple of pollsters on this show, but they're only pollsters whom I trust, like the Trafalgar Group, Robert Cahaley, Doug Schoen. There are certain pollsters that I trust who have a track record of actually being accurate. The other polls, forget it. No way. Stop talking about the polls. Don't read them. Certainly don't internalize them or get depressed by them at all. We know what's going on now. We're on to them. So just vote, work hard, and wait for election day. The cliche is that the only poll that matters is election day. Well, it's a cliche for a reason. But even now, we can't even trust on election day, right? We have a lot of work in front of us, guys, because the corruption runs so deep. I will say it again. As we head into election day, please volunteer your time, your money, your expertise, whatever you can to make sure in your community that your elections are safe and secure. Volunteer to be an election observer, a vote counter. If you're a lawyer and there are legal challenges that bubble up in your community, please volunteer your time, your resources, your services to this. Um, There's an article coming out, or maybe it's out today uh, somewhere. I've got to track it down. But how Democrats are really, I think it's the Daily Beast, about how Democrats are really worried about these extremist MAGA Republicans who are now poll watchers. Exactly. Exactly. And if you've got mail-in voting, do what Arizona did, which is create a ballot Dropbox watch parties. They would hang out, a group of people, bring some wine, some chips, some guac, hang out and watch those drop boxes so that vote traffickers cannot have their way. This is the kind of stuff now we need to do. All hands on deck. All right, when we come back, we're going to get back to the 2020 election. Again, all roads lead there with Congressman Troy Nels, who has written a terrific book called The Big Fraud where he covers not just 2020, but January 6th, and how it's all a giant lie. You know, they say talking about election fraud in 2020 is a big lie. The big lie is the big lie. And he's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes, so sit tight. First, though, I'd like to take a moment to welcome a brand new sponsor, Worthy. There's a new easy way to get you money for that diamond jewelry that you are not wearing. It's called Worthy. Worthy is a platform that can get you up to two or three times as much money as a pawn shop or local jewelry shop will offer with zero risk. Worthy puts your jewelry in front of a worldwide network of professional buyers, people who will bid against each other for your diamond. And Worthy makes it so easy. Free shipping, free insurance coverage, free professional grading and evaluation, and you are in control from start to finish. If your price isn't met, you don't have to sell and you get it back, no charge. And now for a limited time, you can get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. All you have to do is register at worthy.com slash Monica. That's worthy.com slash Monica. Get more for your diamond jewelry at worthy.com slash Monica. Worthy, it's a better way to cash in on that hidden asset in your jewelry box. We'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, It is just, it's so fantastic to be joined now by a true warrior for freedom, Congressman Troy Nels, who represents Congressional District 22 in the great state of Texas. He's also a sheriff. And his new book is called The Big Fraud, What Democrats Don't Want You to Know About January 6th, the 2020 Election, and a whole lot else, which is one of the greatest titles of a book I have seen in recent memory. He joins me now. Congressman, welcome. Monica, thank you for having me. Thank you so very much. Oh, it's such a pleasure and a joy to have you, Congressman. And, you know, as I was looking at your background, I noticed that you were a sheriff. Are you still a sheriff? 
Well, I was a sheriff for uh, eight years in a large county here in Fort Bend County, Texas. I served in law enforcement for 30 years, but eventually became the sheriff here in Fort Bend from 2012 to 2020. And then I ran for Congress. And, and now I'm deep smack into the middle of the swamp, the cesspool in Washington. Well, thank God you're there because it is such a cesspool and we need freedom fighters like you in Congress. I have said this over and over again, I've said it to your colleagues, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, and others in Congress, uh, Jim Jordan, that, you know, when Donald Trump alighted on the scene, they hated him for a lot of reasons. But I think the primary reason they continue to go after him is to destroy the America First movement. Donald Trump is just a stand-in for that. But they didn't fear his failure. They feared his success. The reason they feared his success, among many reasons, is because the America First movement and the success of Donald Trump, not just politically, but policy-wise, gave rise to hundreds, if not thousands, of America First candidates like you. And so it's easier for them to try to destroy one man as they continue to try to do with Trump. But it's a lot harder to destroy so many of you who are now in Congress doing the America first agenda and trying to save this great country. Yes, and I'm, I'm excited about that. We have a, several candidates in this election now that are in these general election coming up on November that are America first patriots. I'm a member of the House Freedom Caucus and, and we are America first. And, and I tell you something, when you mentioned Donald Trump, when he ran in 2016 and you look at 2020, there was obviously uh, the the bureaucracy of Washington. They despised him. Democrats certainly despised him. And even many of the establishment Republicans didn't want to see Donald Trump come into Washington, D.C. And what he did is he went in and he changed the carpet, the drapes, the paint in the country club. And they didn't like it. They didn't want this outsider to come in there and change that status quo. Donald Trump did it. The American people supported him. He said he was going to build walls. He was going to do this, hold China accountable. Everybody, he did it all. He was successful. He accomplished so many things. We didn't see the crises that we see today under Donald Trump other than COVID coming in, which I thought he handled very well. And, and the establishment and the Democrats and everyone else, they despise him because he put the American people first. I love him for that. Yes. And that's another big reason why he needed to be destroyed, because he was blowing the whistle on the entire corrupt gravy train of the regime on both sides. So the uni party, both the Democrat communists, as I call them, and the Republican establishment, all who have a vested interest in keeping America's problems festering, Donald Trump comes in, he blows a whistle on all of them, exposes the fraud, exposes the lies, exposes the hypocrisy. They couldn't take it. But giving rise to candidates like you, who have been very successful in Texas, representing your district and your state, and of course the country, man, it's a lot tougher to squelch a Troy Nels and, and a Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and, and Donald Trump and the whole agenda for them. So God bless you for what you do out there every day. Before we get into 2020 and January 6th, the subjects of your book, The Big Fraud, Congressman, tell, tell us, um, how is your race looking? I assume you're in a safe district. We are. I, I represent Texas's 22nd congressional district, which is really uh, southwest of Houston. It makes up about five counties now. You know, everybody, we went through redistricting because of the the census, obviously the 2020 census. So now I, I have a district now, the Texas legislature drew this district, added a few counties to it. Uh, and, and so I'm in pretty good shape here. I feel that, uh, uh, I represent wonderful people here. I think the people have shown me an enormous amount of support. Even in the primary, I had an opponent, but I ended up with about 89% of the vote. And, and now I have an opponent here in uh, November, and that Democrat opponent has suspended her campaign. You know, she's up against the old sheriff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Makes up 65% of the district. And, and she knows that you can't just come on in here and think that you're going to convince people that, the old Sheriff Troy Nails does not do a great job representing this district. So she suspended her campaign. 
If only every other Democrat communist would suspend their campaign, the country would be in much better shape, uh, uh, Congressman. So what is your prediction for November 8th? If Do you want to make one in terms of both the House and the Senate? I, can, I, I say that uh, we'll gain about 25 seats uh, in the House of Representatives, which I think is a pretty good number. Uh, Leader McCarthy, Leader McCarthy, without question, will be the Speaker of the House. I've had people asking me questions about that. Who's the Speaker? Leader McCarthy is going to be the Speaker of the House. It's a done deal. It's done. Um, and there are people like me and others, Freedom Caucus members and others, that say that and have said, you know, that that when the American people give you the gavel, give us the gavel back, we must take care of it. We must hold uh, Congress accountable. We got to look and rein in some of the spending. We must conduct investigations. My constituents and I know others across the country want to hold this current administration accountable, whether it's COVID, whether it's the FBI, the corrupt DOJ, all of them. We must have them all in front of our committee. So I believe 25 seats or so in the House and then the Senate, it's going to be tight. I think, uh, you know, Georgia, you look at that with Herschel down there and you look at Dr. Oz, those things are going to be decided by maybe a point, if not less. So it's going to require all the Republicans to get out to the vote. Yes, I, I do believe the red wave is real, but it also requires all hands on deck for sure. So when you guys take control, what are the top GOP priorities, Congressman? Obviously, you will be there to stop the Biden legislative agenda, which has been so destructive with out-of-control spending that has created this uh, skyrocketing inflation that every American is suffering under. So you can, at the very least, stop the legislative agenda and the spending. He can still do a lot of damage uh, by executive order um, as well. But given your perspective and what you're hearing, what is the GOP Congress going to do when they take control in January? Well, Leader McCarthy rolled out a few weeks back just before we left uh, in October or September uh, talking about the commitment to America. And I think if you look at the key issues that the American people are facing today, uh, the crises, whether it's the southern border, it's the policies at our southern border, uh, the, the lack of enforcing the immigration laws that we currently have on the books, that is an issue, obviously, uh, Speaker McCarthy and the team, they're talking about what are we going to do to reduce, you know, obviously costs as it relates to fuel and as it relates to grocery stores. And I think it's, it's pretty simple. You know, we got to curb in, rein in some of the spending because that's caused all the inflation. When you look at fuel prices, it's because this administration despises. I think Joe Biden and his team, they despise the oil and gas industry. And coming from Texas, we know just how important it is to, to you know, be energy independent. And now we're having to go buy fuel and stuff uh, and, and uh, from, you know, obviously looking at Venezuela as a source to, to because because why? Why do we need to go to Venezuela? Why are we going and looking at getting fuel from other countries? Because he despises the oil and gas industry in our country. Under Donald Trump, we were energy independent. I just don't get this guy. I don't get Biden, his team. It's all about green new deals and it's hurting America. It's hurting us. And I think Lena McCarthy and others uh, understand we have the roadmap to fix these issues because I think it's very simple. Just unleash the oil and gas we have underneath our feet in this country and we can solve a lot of problems. Yes, that's true, but they will not. And I, I've said this on television. I will say it here and I'll say it to you. It is, it's not about the environment and it's not about the Green New Deal. It's not about climate. It's not about any of these things. The energy sector is the biggest lever available to them to re-engineer the U.S. economy away from capitalism and economic freedom and toward a collectivist neo-Marxist kind of model. They don't give a flying wit about anything else except what Obama once called the fundamental transformation of the nation. That's what they're doing. That's why there has been no course correction by this administration. That's why they will not not stop their attack on the energy sector. So when we talk about like, we, we try to apply logical reasons like you just did, Congressman, like, well, I don't understand why they won't just go and get our energy resources here out of the ground. 
because they have a much bigger and deeper and darker agenda. That's why. So we need all of you in Congress, starting in January, just to put a stop to the extent you can to the crazy transformation of the nation. That That's it. And the other thing that I would say, in addition to all of the investigations that you guys are going to do, which are, are great from the border to the Biden crime family and so on, but we also, congressmen, really need a COVID accountability project. Because now, it's coming out with all of this data that we have been lied to for the last three years by the regime, by big pharma, by big tech, by Anthony Fauci and the rest. We need a COVID accountability project to hold these people accountable for the lives that they've ruined, ruined the people's, the people who have literally lost their lives based on their uh, lies. We need that. Is some, is that something that you would sign on to? Without question. And matter of fact, I just had Jim Jordan here on Saturday. He came down here to my district and we held an event and a rally, a big pep rally to get people excited about getting out to vote. And, and, and Jim Jordan, uh, you know, to me, the most well, the most respected member in the Republican conference. I mean, people just love him. The American people love him. You see him on Fox all the time. He's very articulate. He's well-informed and he can, and, and he understands just how important it is uh, when he is the chairman of judiciary, and he will be, uh, to hold these investigations as it relates to Anthony Fauci and the way COVID was handled. So I have a lot of faith and confidence uh, in, in Jim Jordan that he will bring in these individuals. We need to get some serve subpoenas on these individuals and ask the tough questions because you're not hearing it uh, from this administration. And it's not only COVID. It's about the FBI, the DOJ, Christopher Ray, Garland. We need Mayorkas. We need Mayorkas in front. And whether it's the judiciary or if it's government oversight reform, which will be uh, the chair will be uh, Mr. Comer, Representative Comer uh, out of Kentucky. I think he also is going to want to hold this administration and uh, accountable for, for the destruction of our country in the past 20 months. Yes, I agree. And uh, we're going to make sure that that happens. All right. Speaking of fraud and lies, let's turn to the two big subjects of your new book, which is fantastic. It's called The Big Fraud, What Democrats Don't Want You to Know About January 6th, the 2020 election, and a whole lot else. Um, let's start with the 2020 election. Based on what you know so far, what actually happened? Was it a fraud? Was the big lie the big lie? Yes, we talk about that. It, the book is 10 chapters and we have a chapter in there talking about the 2020 election and obviously the swing states. And we talk a little bit about how COVID, these governors and these mayors and these large liberal cities, these welcoming sanctuary cities. Yeah, right. <laughs> sanctuary cities. They want to kick out the immigrants when we send a few up there. But we, 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 we expose them for what they did as it relates to the 2020 election underneath the color of COVID and the, the, uh, uh, the universal ballot by mail. They scared the American people and they pretty much did what they wanted to do uh, unilaterally. They, 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 they created their own rules and their own regulations as it related to the election when state election laws are, are under the jurisdiction of their state legislatures. But they did it because of the national declaration, the national emergency, COVID. And so they just started mailing everybody a ballot. In the state of Wisconsin, a good example, you got a crazy Looney Tune governor up there named Evers. He said, I'm going to come a uh, it was the safer at home declaration. And what they did in Wisconsin, they mailed out 1.3 million ballots, 1.3 million of them. And they two tenths of 1%, think about that, two tenths of 1%, less than 3,000 of them were rejected. Now, there is so much fraud, MIT, everybody's done studies on ballot by mail, throwing ballots and mailboxes, Zucker's boxes, and all that other stuff. You know there's an enormous amount of fraud when there's no signature verification. And they stole the election from in Wisconsin. Biden got 20,000 more votes. It's, this is a good example. Pennsylvania, they flipped that election. It took 61 hours from election day to flip it from Donald Trump being the leader being the winner, in my humble opinion, on election night, it took 61 hours for them to flip it and steal it uh, from Donald Trump. So there's an enormous amount of fraud out there, and a lot of it has to do 
with ballot by mail, these universal ballots that we hopefully we won't see in 2022 and 2024 because the state legislatures have identified this is a way you could commit fraud yes. and it's done by Democrats. Yes, 100%. We've been covering that on the show too. And I'm so glad that you wrote about it in the big fraud. Is that why they stopped vote counting in certain heavily Democrat areas on election night, Congressman? I mean, you saw it in Atlanta, you saw it in places like Detroit and other, like Pittsburgh and stuff, Philadelphia. Is that why they stopped the vote counting? I was, I was in the White House on election night and things were going. And then all of a sudden we hear that, well, voting, uh, the, the counting is stopped. And they've gone home for the night. <laughs> we were like, what? How did that happen? So were they trying to see exactly how many votes were needed to overcome Trump's lead? Well, that's exactly what they did. And, and this is just this is an effort uh, that they this is not only just liberal mayors and governors. This took big tech and right. everybody the dishonest media, they all came together. And do you know that on election night, they, they, they meaning the dishonest media and big tech convinced 70% of the American people that on election night in 2020, we would not know who the president was going to be. They had everybody convinced that there is no way on election night, we were going to know who the next president was going to be. I think that's a sad state of affairs. Yes. Ridiculous. And they didn't want people to know because they knew that they were going to all of a sudden Pennsylvania say, guess what we're going to do here? The Supreme Court says we are going to account and accept ballots three days after the election day. And so this is what the Democrats do. They figure out how much are we losing by? Well, let's ship in some of these these ballot by mails. Let's get these things in here. Don't worry about signature verification. Separate them from the envelopes. Do it all. And then just get enough votes to overcome to win. And that's what they did. They did it with Nixon and Kennedy in 1960. They did it in Illinois. It's in the book in 1960. In the state of Illinois, they found a way. That that crazy mayor up there, his name was Daly. Daly was up there. And and they were able to... uh, hold on to all the ballot boxes around Chicago, which were all the liberal ballot boxes. They held on to them until the southern counties in Illinois sent up and said, this is the number. This is what we have. And then he all of a sudden unleashed the the boxes in Illinois and they stole the election from Nixon in 1960. And they're good at this. They're very good at this. I'm glad the American people are starting to pay attention. Yes, and I'm glad you brought up 1960 because I just did the monologue on this show uh, earlier before I brought you on, Congressman, talking about it exactly that because I worked with President Nixon in the last years of his life and he and I often talked about 1960. He chose not to challenge that when he was presented on election night with concrete evidence of the voter fraud, not just in Illinois, as you said, but also in West Virginia and Texas, orchestrated by Lyndon Johnson and the Democratic machine down there to throw the election to JFK. So uh, my point for a long time, and I'm glad you raise it, I'm glad you write about it in The Big Fraud, is that the Democrats have been perfecting this for decades now. So the idea that they're not doing it is insane. And of course, because they have the press to amplify all of their lies, they just threw out this huge smear that anybody questioning the 2020 election was somehow a a big liar, an election denier, and smeared and attacked when we know what the truth is. Is there, have there been enough states cleaning this kind of thing up? We know Pennsylvania, their Supreme Court has weighed in. But as we head into this midterm in three weeks, have enough states cleaned up this kind of mail-in voting and, and these kinds of opportunities for these kinds of shenanigans? I certainly hope so. I know that in Texas that uh, they have shored up their their statues as it relates to uh, elections. It's the governor. It's the state legislatures that are in charge of their election laws. It's not liberal mayors or county clerks. And a lot of them uh, wrote their own rules underneath the emergency declaration. They did. They said, well, we can change things. Obviously, we got to protect our residents because of COVID. So let's just send everybody a ballot by mail. But now that you don't have COVID and Joe Biden said we don't have that emergency declaration, COVID is no longer there. There should be no justification at all for anybody 
uh, outside of those that qualify for a ballot by mail uh, to, to receive one. You want to go, go vote. You can go vote early, but vote in person and bring an ID. Bring a valid ID to go in and go vote. And without these ballot by mails uh, uh, and these universal ballots that, that they did in 2020, again, underneath this emergency declaration, I think the Republican Party is going to do very, very well because we're going to eliminate a lot of the cheating that takes place when you just start mailing ballots to everybody. Yeah, exactly right. And then before I let you go, I want to talk to you about uh, January 6th and, and get your read on it because you write about that as well uh, in The Big Fraud. What really happened on January 6th, Congressman? Was this all just a framing of Donald Trump? Was this all a giant setup? January 6th was a complete law enforcement failure. Two of the 10 chapters in my book are about January 6th, and I even get into the shooting, in my humble opinion, the murder of Ashley Babbitt in the book. But January 6th was a law enforcement failure. The leadership in the Capitol Police, specifically those in the intelligence division of the Capitol Police, they had all the intelligence there. The FBI, the Northfolk office from the FBI, they had all the intelligence. The Capitol Police leadership team knew that there were extremist groups white supremacist groups, all sorts of these uh, extremist groups, they were coming, they were going to be there on January 6th. They knew there were going to be tens of thousands of people around our nation's capitals. They, our nation's capital, they knew the hotel rooms, all the hotels were booked. They were booked. Thousands of people were coming up there on January 6th. And they knew there was going to be a high propensity for violence. They were calling for violence up there and they did nothing with it. The Capitol Police were ill-prepared to deal with that day because the leadership did not share the intelligence with the 1,840 members of the Capitol Police. And you could see it in all the video. Police officers standing around. They had no shields. They had no, no riot gear. They had nothing because they were totally taken uh, by surprise because the leadership team didn't share it. It's like the leadership team, specifically Uganda Pittman, it's like they wanted it to happen. They well, could have prevented well, do, it. Do you, think, do you think that they did? Do you think, you know, now we know Nancy Pelosi was trailed by her daughter, who's a documentary filmmaker, with a camera, everybody perfectly made up, and their hair in, perfectly in place, and it's all being recorded for a documentary. I mean, do you believe, knowing what we all know now, that they knew that there was going to be a huge crowd? You have characters like Ray Epps out there, who a lot of people suspect was a Fed, is a Fed out there waving people into the Capitol building. Do you think that this was a giant frame up? By, by the evidence that I detail in the book, by the assessments that the leadership of the Capitol Police had, they conduct, they had three assessments, one on December 15th, one on December 30th, and then the last assessment, security assessment on January 3rd. And they lay it out in there that these people were coming and they didn't share it with anybody. So they knew they were coming. They knew all these people were coming. They knew there was going to be a high propensity for violence. And what do you see with Ray Epps out there when these thousands, tens of thousands of people were converging onto our nation's capital by the reflection pool? What did they have to keep the people away from our Capitol building itself? These bicycle racks, nothing but a bicycle rack that couldn't keep your cat in your yard, Monica. And you, a, a bicycle rack is going to keep people. Uh, that's the barrier you're going to use. Give me a break. So they were not prepared to deal with that day. Ray Epps is up there. He was on the FBI list and he's never been in jail. He committed a felony on video. He was inciting a riot. And if you incite a riot and there's a serious bodily injury or death, it's a felony. You go to prison for 10 years. They haven't even arrested that guy. So no, there is a big cover-up. There's a big conspiracy here. I lay it out in the book. Yes, uh, 100%. And I thank you so much for doing that, for, for putting it in writing um, uh, based on what you know and the facts and the evidence. Because look, th this is a regime because Trump is an existential threat that tried to frame him with the Russia hoax, two fake impeachments, the 2020 election. Of course, why wouldn't we think 
uh, that they would set him up on January 6th in order to try to use that to try to destroy him. Nothing so far has worked. I hope that that remains the case. But we've got these January 6th defendants sitting in prison while Ray Epps is still out there getting uh, puff pieces done about him in the New York Times. Yeah, there's a two-tier justice system in our country, right? It's, it's you saw what took place in the summer riots. You got that crazy vice president of ours obviously opening donation sites to try to get these January, these 2020 protesters, uh, BLM and Antifa, out of jails. And, and then all of a sudden, we've got some people that peacefully protest, march up to the Capitol, and we're keeping those individuals in the D.C. gulag. I tell you something. The election was rigged. We have a two-tier justice system with a corrupt DOJ, Garland, Christopher Ray. They have to go. But think about this. If Donald Trump, if Donald Trump truly got beat by 7 million popular votes, it was 71 million, Donald Trump had 64, 7 million votes. And if he lost the electorate college, electoral college, by 70, Monica, why wouldn't the Democrats want him to come back in 2024? I mean, that's what we call a Texas buck kicking. When you beat a guy by 7 million votes and 70 electorals, you'd want the same guy back in 2024. They don't want him to come back because they told Sleepy Joe, hey, Joe, you don't want Donald Trump in 2024 because we rigged the election for you, knucklehead. We rigged it for you. And it won't be that way in 2024. That's why they don't want Donald Trump coming back. They want to keep him off the ballot. They want to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. But he's coming back, America. Donald Trump's coming back. I saddled my horse. And he's going to take us all to the winner's circle and save America. I think you're right, Congressman. A final question before we let you go. All of this that you've laid out in the book and here on the show, the book, again, is called Big Fraud. Are we ever going to see accountability for any of these people? Or is the system just so corrupt that we're not going to see it? I think it is so very important. And we talk, you, you mentioned a little bit about executive orders. I think we got to start reining in some of these executive orders. I know they've been in for decades, but it's a way around the legislative process, all these executive orders. And, and so I, I just think that if we are really, truly going to save America, there's one guy out there that has proven himself when he was the president of the United States how to put the American people first. He did amazing things. He did things that the Democrats and the far left and even the moderate Republicans and some of the establishment said he could never accomplish, but he did it. And he did it with strength. He kept China. He kept little rocket man. He kept everybody in check. And there are people, uh, in my humble opinion, that believe that Donald Trump was the greatest president we've had. I mean, you look at that man's accomplishments. So he's going to come back because he can save America. And when we get the House back in 2024, we have in 2022, we have to make sure that we make decisions that will bring us the White House in 2024. We have to cut spending, Monica. Our base and the Republicans are going to demand that we do good. We do good things and we think about the American people. That's how we get the White House back in 2024. Donald Trump has to come back. He has to come back. He will come back. And we can make America great again, again. From your lips to God's ears, Congressman, you are amazing. And we're so grateful that you took time out to join us here on the podcast today uh, and that you just are out there on the front lines of fighting for America and for our freedoms every single day. It's Congressman Troy Nels. He represents Congressional District 22 in Texas, and his new book is called The Big Fraud, What Democrats Don't Want You to Know About January 6th, the 2020 Election, and a whole lot else. Go get it. You will absolutely love it. It's really a significant book. Congressman, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Monica. Donald's endorsed the book. It went to number one on Amazon in elections the other day. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, my pleasure, Congressman. Thank you. God bless. Okay, guys, time now for the Monday email bag. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com is our email address. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Jim in Sydney, Australia. How are you, mate? I'm so glad you're listening there from Australia. Jim in Sydney writes with a big prediction. Monica, you may want this on the fridge. 
With the midterms coming up soon, it all points to the Democrats getting totally creamed in the House and possibly the Senate. Short of fixing and rigging the election again, and with blacks and Latinos deserting their traditional party of choice, the Democrats need to pull something out of the fire to give hope to their side, to save some of the furniture, and fast. That recent meeting in the White House between Biden and Obama was ostensibly to discuss portraits or some such. Seriously? Total equine excrement. I'd suggest it was about prepping their usual October surprise. Prediction. Understanding that the people controlling Biden are all Obama's people driving Obama's agenda, essentially his third term, it shouldn't come as a shock that this year the October surprise will be the resignation of VP Harris and the installation of Michelle Obama as a VP with a view to grooming her, getting her feet under the desk and taking over as president after Biden either resigns or more likely is impeached and removed by the new Congress early next year. They are out of options, Monica. They simply can't go into the 2024 presidential election cycle with either Biden or Harris. They have absolutely no one. They need someone who will A, hold out hope to the black and Latino vote, and B, has celebrity name recognition, and more to the point, someone who will be difficult for Trump to maul, a black woman, assuming he runs in 2024. Adopt the brace position. The Democrats are going to try and totally ream Americans again. Well, thank you so much for this great note from Down Under. Jim, greatly appreciate hearing from you and your thoughts about what the Democrats are going to do. I have been talking about this for a while, so it's good to know you're listening and paying attention, Jim. A few months back, we had my friend Joel Gilbert on this show with his new documentary called Michelle Obama 2024. Jim and everybody else, please go check it out uh, on the website, michelleobama2024.com. Please go check it out. It lays out so much of this, including that he thinks she is running and that she's a total fraud, especially on the race issues, but on everything else too. It's definitely worth watching, guys. You may have already seen it, Jim, because the points you lay out are the ones that Joel points out, but... Black women are the Democrats' most devoted voter base. So if they get rid of Kamala, they're going to have to square that circle. And they will do that by replacing her with another woman of color, maybe Michelle. Michelle would pose a significant challenge for all of us. So let's hope and pray that she does not run. I keep saying this. I know I sound like a broken record, but guys... She's the only one who can beat both Trump and DeSantis, and frankly, anybody the Republicans put up. Will it be be easy? No, it won't. But she's the only real viable option. Not Gavin Newsom, not Kamala, not any of these other losers. Michelle, what I can say with confidence is that Biden will not be at the top of the ticket. He is not running, period. And I sincerely doubt Kamala Harris is going to be the nominee. So all eyes on Michelle, and we better start thinking now about how we're going to handle that. All right, that does it for me here on this Monday. Thank you so much for joining me and for checking out our great sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Have a great start to your week, and I will be right back here on Wednesday and then again on Friday with Dr. Joseph Ladapo, Florida Surgeon General, and David Sokol, who is a phenomenal true patriot, one of the few left from Wall Street. We're going to talk about how to bring America back with him. So a great week of shows. I will see you right back here on Wednesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.